This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. These parables Jesus has, has been giving about farming and about horticulture and about planting and all that is there's always a goal. There's always a certain outcome. And that outcome is this. Fruitfulness. And one of the things that I want you to hear clearly this morning, as we talk about the process you're on, is that it's God's plan for you. And it's God's will for you. And even more importantly, it's God's design for you. Who He's designed you to be is for you to be a fruitful person. For you to produce the kind of fruit that God wants. But the problem is this, and this is so tragic to me. And it's so sad as I work with people, as I observe people, that in our lifetime, in our culture, we want everything to happen fast. We have no concept of longevity. Can I tell you this, that one of the most powerful principles that God wants you to know about and wants you to understand is the power of longevity. Making not just a good decision today, but making a good decision day after day after day after day. And you have no idea what God can do in your life if you begin to look long term in your life. And begin to say, God, I trust you that what you're doing in me is more than what I can see today. What you're doing in me, God, is more than I can comprehend right now. God, what you're doing into me, there is something bigger, because usually it's not even all about you anyway. It's about the people that you're in relationship with today and the people you're going to connect with tomorrow. God has a bigger plan that we're part of it. And the problem is this, is that we lose heart in the process. We lose heart. When we're in the middle of the process. Now, this particular parable in this story is very unique because the wording of it is only found in the book of Mark. And what was the purpose of this? This purpose, most likely what I believe, is that Paul, excuse me, Jesus was trying to, we're going to get to Paul in a second. Paul always slips into a sermon, but, but Jesus is who we worship. Jesus was trying to encourage his disciples He's trying to encourage them that stuff is happening even though you can't see it. Stuff is going on even though you can't comprehend it. Stuff is occurring, good stuff. Growth is happening even though you might not be able to measure it with, with data today. There is always growth in the kingdom. And I want you to know this, is that there's always growth in your life if you're with Jesus. There is always growth going on. It might not be what you expect. And it might not be what you want to see today. But if you trust the Lord, is that He has called you to be fruitful. And there is always a season of fruitfulness that's coming. But before the harvest and before the fruitfulness, there's planting and there's times of growth and there's a process within the soil. You know, Jesus said these words about 2,000 years ago. And since that time... If you've ever took, taken a botany class or, or even you know, listened to a, 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 a radio show on, on, on horticulture or, or gardening or whatever, you understand that we, we do know a lot about the science of planting and growing, but still, we're learning every day. Not everything to learn about 
planting and harvest has been learned. I mean, there's whole agricultural departments, there's universities with billions of dollars of research that are still studying how the process happens because the process is mysterious. It's, it's a wonderful process because it's God-originated and it's from His wisdom and from His mind. And I suppose that if Jesus doesn't come back in the next few hundred years, only He knows that, that we will still be discovering more and more about the process of growth and the process of planting. And so if you think about in the ancient mind, Jesus brought up something. When I say ancient, I mean the 2,000 years ago. Jesus brought up something to the farmers very clearly. He said this, it's a mystery. You plant, you plant and you put the plant in and the seed processes and you don't even realize how it grows. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, the greatest theologians today are not those that have a bunch of titles at the end of their name. And the greatest theologians are not those who are doctors and who have been to the, the great academic schools of the world. I guarantee you that the greatest theologians that exist today are farmers. Because farmers understand a lot about God. And farmers understand the power of the miraculous. And every harvest time, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that God, God has used a process over and over again to feed the earth. He replenishes the earth. He replenishes the earth with the minerals it needs. He caused fruitfulness to come forth. And out of the fruitfulness, within the fruit is seeds that cause more fruit to happen. It's an amazing process. And the Lord's wanting you to know this morning, so it is in your life. It's the same way. There is something mysterious going on. There is some type of growth going on in your life that nobody can explain because it's a God thing. I don't know about you, but I don't want be able to explain every single thing in my life because then I'm dependent on my wisdom. There needs to be, and I want some things in my life that I just can't explain because it's God, not me. Some things that I just can't logically make sense because I know it's the work of the Spirit and it's the work of the wisdom of God within me. And we understand this principle in 1 Corinthians 3 of how growth happens. And this is to humble you. This is so that you don't walk in pride. Paul is talking to the early church and he says, he's talking about a man named Apollos who was a very popular preacher. Again, as I told you that we as humans always need an earthly king. We always need an idol. We always need to have a pastor that we follow and that, that they're our patron saint and um, we have to have a, our own American idol and now our American idols are in the pulpits. And so this was an ancient problem too. And he says, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul speaking of himself? Only servants through whom you came to believe. And I just want to, I want some of you, uh, can I just pause and I'm going to chase a rabbit trail right now. Whoever led you to Christ, whoever revealed truth to you, whoever led you to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whoever spoke a prophecy in your life, can I tell you, they are only servants. They're only servants. And they may fall. And you might discover things in their life that are less than perfect because they are fallible men and women. But they lead you to the cross. 
There is one who is perfect. There is one who will never disappoint. There is one with whom you put your trust. And every other man or every other woman, no matter how prestigious or powerful they may appear, are only servants of the Lord. No matter how powerful they are, are only servants of the Lord. That's the posture he has. And so he says, what is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. Now here's one of the most encouraging statements in my life. But God made it grow. He says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Some of you today, this morning, you need to understand that there's some fruit you've been wanting to see in your life. There's been some fruit you've been wanting to see in your kids. There's some fruit you want to see in your relatives. There's some fruits you want to see in your ministry, even though the term, my ministry, I don't know if I even like that term anymore, but... Let's just go with it. There's some fruit you want to see maybe in this church. And you want to see certain types of fruit. You want to see, and and you're almost demanding God. God, I want to see this type of fruit. And I want to see this much fruit. Can I just encourage you with this scripture? It is God who makes things grow. It is God who's going to reach your kids. It's God who's going to bring your family back together. It's God who's going to take your business to the next level. It's God who's going to heal your marriage. And all of those things, we do play our part. I'm not trying to minimize obedience. I'm not trying to minimize strategy. But when we begin to depend upon our own strategy, and we begin to depend on our own power and our own influence, then things don't grow the way God wants them to. And that's just the truth. One plants... One waters, that's effort, that's intentionality, that's process, that's a a sense of strategy. All those things have an importance, but it is not the strategy, and it's not the plan, and it's not our influence. It is God who makes things grow. And until you humble yourself and say, God, it's you, not me, you're probably never going to see the fruit you want in your life. God is what makes things grow. There's something mysterious. There's something sovereign. There's something that comes from the throne room of God that only He can do. It's something that that is intangible, but we know it points back to Him. God's the one who makes things grow. I love what the Scripture says in in verse... um, One second, excuse me. Um, Verse 27 of Mark chapter 4. It says, In the night and day... Well, whether he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know it. Night and day. There, there's something about that passage that is reminding us that the intangible, the, what God can do, what we can't do. And one of the reasons that God has created a cycle of sleep in our life, it doesn't matter how powerful a person is, They have to have sleep. You know, they say seven hours, eight hours is a good time. Sixteen hours of work, eight hours of sleep. Whatever your rhythm is, all of us have individual rhythms. And it's not a sign of strength or weakness. It's a sign of the chemistry of your body. But the point is, it doesn't matter how powerful you are or how intelligent you are, that you have to put your body to rest on a regular basis. And I believe that's one of the ways God humbles us. He humbles us to say it doesn't matter how 
big the problem is in your life is. It doesn't matter how many people are depending on you. It doesn't matter how much the ball is in your court and it's up to you to make something happen. You've got to go to bed. You've got to go to bed. That's why Psalms 127 verse 2 says it this way. It says, In vain a man will sleep and rise, but he gives. Excuse me, Psalms 27 too. In vain you rise early and stay up late, tolling for food to eat. Now listen to this line. This is Psalms, I believe it's 127 verse 2. For he grants sleep to those he loves. It's either 27 or 127. Maybe, maybe the other verse is really good too, but... He grants sleep to those he loves. You know, for years, I used to just, and this is really silly now that I'm going to share this with you, but I used to try to figure out a way to get less sleep because I equated some type of power in my life by this ability to only get three or four hours of sleep at night. And I'd, hear, I'd read about some, some certain types of people who, who could function on a small amount of sleep. And I was trying to figure out a way to be that guy because I wanted to be more productive. Now I've learned that getting the right amount of sleep that I need causes so much more production in the rest of my day. Do you know the key to a great day is always the night before? And part of my life, a journey I've been through, is humbling myself to say, God... I'm going to go to bed at a good time, get up at a good time, because I trust you that in the rest of the day, you're going to help me to get things done. I need to get done. It's part of trusting him. It's part of obeying the rhythms he has. It's one of the reasons why I take a Sabbath every week on Monday. Monday's my Sabbath where, where it's a day of rest for me or a day to be, take care of things at my home or with my family or whatever it is. You know, there's parts of me that want to say, I don't take a day off. Bless God, Jesus is about to come back, and I'm just going to lead the charge here. I'm going to lead the charge because I'm a hard worker. I'm going to make sure this church grows. I'll make sure if we're going to go to the next level. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the man. I'm going to get the credit. I'm going to get the glory. At the end, everyone's going to look at me. You see where that goes? Instead, one waters, one plants. God makes things grow. God makes things grow. Some of us today, I want you, I want God Whatever it is that you need, you believe God wants you to be more fruitful in, God wants to redirect your attention today. Set your attention upon Him and upon what He wants to do. It's persistence. That's the thing about planting, is that consistently there's persistent growth, even in times of rest, even in times of sleep. Even in times when you don't feel like you're seeing the fruit you want to see in your life, when you're in the kingdom of God, there's consistent fruitfulness as you dwell in Him, as you dwell in His presence. There's something that we need to trust, that God is always at work. He is always doing something, and the humility it takes to tell Him that is going to be a key to opening new avenues and new doors in your life. What he wants to do. There's, there's three things. I, w- I want to speak to three, three people today. Um, or there's three aspects of your life that I want to speak to you. I believe God wants... This message is for some of you that are dealing with three different things. Maybe you're dealing with all three of these things. I'm not sure which one. But I want you to open your heart for that right now. 
I want to talk to some of you who, who believe your contribution is small. Some of you, the enemy is deceiving you, and he's telling you that your contribution is small, and that your life is insignificant. And what you give only adds small value. Can I, I, I want to encourage you today. God wants to encourage you today. And He wants to, you to know that He has a very unique plan for you. And that is the very reason you're breathing air. There is no contribution that is too small. There is, there is not a contribution that you make that is insignificant. The Lord wants to remind you that comparing yourself to someone else never leads to anything good in your life. Come on up. Comparison never leads to anything. There's only two things that comparison leads to. First of all, pride in yourself because you say, I'm better than that person. Our comparison leads you to minimize and to despise the very things that are in your life. So God's saying that if you think your contributions are too small, God's saying you are in the process that little seed in your life, that little gift that you have, the thing that you don't value, if you trust it to the Lord, if you put it in the ground, there's a process. First, the stalk. Then the head. Then the full fruit. There's a process. Fruitfulness is going to come to your life. Here's the second person I want to talk to today. Those of you who think the process is just too slow. Haven't we all been there before? God, you're not, you're not on my timeline, Lord. Lord, it's not happening when I thought. It's amazing to me how we put these timelines with God. You know, some of it is, you know, because we organize our lives by year. And like, this is going to be the year of this. And this is going to be the year of that. And this is going to be the month of this. And this is going to be the season. And I understand God works in rhythms and all that. But sometimes we limit God. Can I tell you that you do not have to wait till January? To start being disciplined in your life. You don't have to wait till the year 2011 starts to all of a sudden to say, I'm in a new season in my life. No, it is October 10th. It's 10, 10, 10. So you can remember this. Uh, it's October 10th. And the year is winding down. But that doesn't mean that fruitfulness is winding down in your life. You can start today to be the person God's called you to be. You are in the process But just because it's going slower than you thought doesn't mean that God's forgotten you. Just because the speed is not at the rate you thought it would be doesn't mean you're not still in the process. And here's the last thing. For those of you who feel like your life is fruitless. That's the word, fruitless. There's there's fruitlessness. That's not a word, but I like it. A lack of fruit. That's a better way to put it. There's a lack of fruit in your life. And some of you want to say, you are totally demeaning yourself. And you're saying, I am the problem. I am the issue. If I had their personality, or if I had their advantages, or if, if, I, had, if I had gotten part of that deal at this time, then there would be fruit in my life. I'm just fruitless and it's my fault. You know, you can choose to look at it that way or you can choose to say that because I'm in the kingdom of God, that He is always growing night or day, whether I sleep or whether I'm awake, there's something happening. There's fruit happening in my life. God's doing something great within me. It's first, first a leaf comes out. A blade pushes through. Then the head of wheat are formed. And finally, 
the grain ripens. For those of you who feel like you're fruitlessness, I just want to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you this before the Lord today. There's going to come a day that whatever you hold in your heart, I don't know when that day is going to come, but you're going to say, fruitful, it's happened. And it's better than I even thought. Why did I doubt you, Lord, all along? Why, oh Lord, did I not trust you? Why did I not believe you'd come through? Because the whole time, every time I thought you weren't at work, you were at work. Because night or day, you work, you are producing fruit. Fruit that we can't even see. Would you stand with me? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you how you're speaking to us this morning. Thank you for the fruitfulness that you have. I'm going to repeat those three things again. Some of you believe your contribution is small. The Lord is saying, the Lord is saying, do not think that anymore. There's fruit that you don't know about. There is a multiplication. There's fruitfulness coming to your life. Others of you think, number two, that the process is too slow. Remember, God's, God took the Israelites into the promised land. And then he said, little by little will you take over the land. Little by little. Town upon town. People upon people. Village upon village. The process the process might be slower than you thought, but it's as sure as what the Lord has spoken to you. It's going to happen. Your contribution is too small. The process too slow. Or the third thing is there might just be a lack of fruitfulness. A lack of fruitfulness. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you want to do in this place today. I thank you, God, that, Lord, God, you've spoken to us, Lord. Lord, forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us for not following you completely, Lord. Lord, forgive us, O oh God, Lord, for doubting you and doubting your word and doubting what you have said to us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you've destined us for fruitfulness. You've destined great things to come forward out of our lives. Lord, you've destined something incredible, God, because of who you are. It's not based on our greatness. It's based off your greatness. It's based off what you want to do. And we love you, God. We thank you for that, Holy Spirit. You're such a good God. I want to invite our prayer team to come forward at this time. And we're going to open the table of the Lord. I don't feel like the Lord's quite done with what he wants to say. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.